is Clayton Howe's Entertainment X. For part one with S.J. Arniger, we talk about work ethic, not being scared of failure, her career shift, and education versus entertainment. So I hope you enjoy part one with S.J. Arniger. We're back. I'm Clayton Howe, and today with me on Zoom is S.J. Arniger. S.J., thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Uh, yeah, this is going to be great. I got to talk about iHeartRadio. I want to talk about Playbill. I'm so curious about the education and entertainment and where how they dissect or intersect, excuse me, before we get to even the Tony Awards that are coming up soon, too. <laughs> I want to take it back to the beginning of time for you. What were your entertainment dreams growing up? Oh, boy. Uh, so I think like most of us, I grew up a performer. I... Um, started performing at a very young age. I come from a family of non-performers. So I was this anomaly, I think, to my parents. And they dove into it headfirst with me and uh, encouraged me to be a performer. And I wound up uh, going to the University of Miami as an opera performance major. Um, I had a lot of people that pushed me in that direction versus musical theater. And uh, after my first year of college, I was like, I don't know if I want to live this life as a performer. And with my parents' blessing, I wound up moving back to New York. And I took two years off from school to really learn the ins and outs of the Broadway industry with internships. I interned with... Um, the, uh, uh, oh gosh, uh, Stephen Sondheim's former agent, so Douglas and Koppelman. Then I went to Disney Theatrical as an intern working on Aida when it was on Broadway. And then I went to Bono Brian Brown for a year as an intern, and then the Carpell Group. And then finally I said, okay, uh, I need to go back to school. And I was still performing during all of those two years. And I wound up transferring to Marymount Manhattan College. And um, basically they all wanted me to be this PR major. And I was like, I just had two years on Broadway learning from the best. There's no yeah. professor in the world that's going to be able to teach me this. So long story short, I wound up going for media criticism. Then trans then uh, I got into NYU for my master's in classical voice and decided I still wanted to be a performer, even though I had this background. But in the meantime, while I was performing, I was um, doing a lot of freelance arts administration programs, helping people, you know, start social media platforms and start theater companies and the marketing and advertising efforts behind their nonprofits. And off I went into the world of opera as a performer and uh, a year into the whole thing, wound up having to have reconstructive sinus surgery, which paralyzed my vocal cord. So I had to give up on all my performance aspirations, but luckily um, I had very supportive parents who said, you have all this background in arts administration, so why not figure out how to make that work and still stay in the arts? And that's when Playbill came calling and had me help start their education platform with the, it was uh, called Playbill EDU at the time. And it was a college search program that was all supposed to be just about performing arts programs. It never really got off the ground, unfortunately. I don't think we knew how much that information was gonna have to change every six to eight weeks. Um, and then that turned into other education platforms, but that's kind of the quick history of, of how the whole thing kind of came about, all because of a botched surgery that changed my life and moved me into a completely different direction. I mean, talk about making lemonade out of lemons, and this is such a varied background for you. I, I have a yeah. bunch of questions. I, I am curious totally. what your parents taught you about work ethic. My parents always... Uh, they always told me that you need to finish what you start. 
they always said they're going to be, this is especially when it came to performing, they were always very honest with me that there were always going to be more talented people out there than you are. So you need to figure out how to make yourself shine and how to make yourself Mm. uh, marketable and how to make yourself really go out there. And it made me a very hard worker when it came to having to kind of put myself out there. And the same thing came with the world of entertainment and business. They said, you're going to be an applicant in a very small pond of a large applicant pool. And how are you going to make yourself stand out? So I think within all of that, there was also something built within kindness. My parents have always been the people that taught me to lead with kindness and to lead with your emotions, unfortunately, can sometimes get in the way. But um, it's really been a journey to not kind of, uh, how do I want to put it, to not get a, to not get full of yourself and not to lead with ego mm. and to just always finish what you start. Mm. Are there any standout lessons from each of these internships that um, come to mind? Are there any <laughs> moments? <laughs> yeah, 100%. I would say with the internships particular, um, don't be scared of failure because you're always going to, you're going to wind up screwing something up as you learn the process. And I think to not be scared that those are teachable moments and that something is inevitably going to happen that you didn't hear the directions correctly, or you didn't put the right postage on something and get sent back. Hmm. Something is inevitably going to happen that you wind up screwing something up and it's okay. Like it's okay because internships are all about learning and learning who you are as an individual. So I think it's, it's, it's not being scared of that failure moments because it's just going to make you a stronger person in the end. Um, I worked for a company where it was hard when you failed, you got screamed at and it was a learning lesson in humility, Mm. but also how to not let it affect you in the long run to make you a scared rabbit every time you walked into that company. So I think, I think those are the biggest lessons. Did that, I'm just curious and we don't have to get too in too deep on getting screamed at, but what did that do for your, your self-talk? Was there a, a you know come to come to Jesus moment, if you will, or a conversation with yourself? Yeah, I mean, I definitely would call my mom crying because I'd be yeah. like, I don't know if I can go in the next day. And she said, "You're you're still learning. You're not the owner of the company. You're not a partner in the company. Mm-hmm. You have to expect the fact that mistakes are going to happen, mm-hmm. and that's how you're going to have to deal with your life from now on. And unfortunately." Um, this is just one moment in time and it's it's something that you shouldn't stick with and and have it ingrained in your memory for now on but it also really taught me who i want to be as a boss and who i want to be as a leader in whatever company i'm in it 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 all goes back to that kindness moment Mm because kindness can also help with teachable moments and also make people stronger in the long run so I think it was kind of a mixed bag of, of you're going to have to deal with it and you're going to have to learn from it, but how do you want to learn from this down the road? Having this transition from you know performing and that surgery and then going into everything you do now, it's, it sounds when you recount it, a very ordered, you know, like it was just all in an order that was supposed to happen. What was that? Was there a particular moment where you had to have a, a conversation with yourself on switching totally on a career path, if you will? 
Yeah, it was not, I've kind of put it in a very quick timeline, but it definitely was not a quick timeline. There was a moment where I was so distraught over the whole entire thing because I had a I had a really lovely beginning part of my performance career. And uh, there was a good, I would say six to eight months where I was in a heavy depression. I didn't know what to do with my life. I decided to step out of the arts completely. And I went to work for an amazing organization called America Works, which helps people who are on some sort of disability or just come out of prison, get back to work in New York City. And it's an amazing organization. Mm. But I worked there for three and a half, four months. And I finally was like, this is not me. This you are kind of dealing with a little bit of an imposter syndrome, trying to make yourself fit into another career and another path that just does not work for you. So I literally had to take myself out of the situation and go, what is what is ultimately wrong with being in the arts? Is it something that is going to upset you every single time you see a performer or is it going to help establish you as a different side of the arts? So I literally had to take six to eight months to kind of figure out who I wanted to be in this world without having the performance side be a part of that business aspect as well. Hmm. Yeah. Thank you for diving so deep so quickly with me. This is just way more, way more educational. (laughs) Um, Mentors. Are there any standout mentors and lessons learned? Yeah. So I would say my first mentor when I was at Playbill, uh, her name's Rachel Glickman. She was my boss at the time at Playbill. She was the VP of Digital, I think, was her actual title. She's now at Time Out. She is the one that stepped into Playbill and saw everything that I was doing within the theater arts education space. And she said, you have a major passion for this. Why aren't we doing more with you Hmm. at Playbill to make this happen? And she's really the one that changed my life at Playbill with moving me into a director position and, and letting me kind of explore what we wanted to do from a theater education standpoint at Playbill. And I helped build that whole entire platform with Playbuilder and teaching on the road for various, um, theater education opportunities like the educational theater association which i'm now on their foundation board without her having me step into that i would not be where i am today and i owe her a lot with that and she basically said you you need to give yourself more credit that you know exactly what this needs to be you don't need to wait for someone to tell you you need to be the one that tells us how to do it Mm -hmm. so she i give her a lot of that mentorship credit for getting me to where i am today and then also um timothy allen mcdonald who is the owner and ceo of iTheatrics. iTheatrics has the junior theater festival And he also, his company creates the Broadway Junior catalog for all the licensing companies. Mm -hmm. And Marty Johnson, who's the director of education there, they're the two that really also said, you don't need to be behind the camera. Why don't you co-host a podcast with Tim? Why don't you do stuff on stage with the Junior Theater Festival? You have more to offer than just being behind the camera. Why don't you step foot in front of the camera and give that an opportunity and we'll we'll help you figure out how to make that happen. So those two men in particular have also been huge mentors to me. I, I want to talk about this education and entertainment. I think yeah. when there's a perfect intersection of the two, it's <laughs> people grow. People can grow yeah. and be entertained, but it's not so you know preachy. I'm I'm curious, uh, you know what a what you're working on that you can talk about at you know iHeartRadio, and of course the past with Playbill and the future. Mm-hmm. 
on education and entertainment. How do you view the two? What is that balance you look for? I think the balance right now is um, we all have students in our theater programs that yes, want to be performers that yes, have a passion for, for performing, yeah. but don't necessarily, we know that they're not going to have a future necessarily in performing. You don't want to dampen that passion, but you want to move them potentially into another area within arts education. So the thing that I try and teach right now to a lot of the teachers that I'm in front of is that if you're giving your art students another skill set within the entertainment industry, social media, marketing, putting together the program, how to how to sell ads for your program like a playbill, you're giving them another skill set that could spark something in them to say, oh, I really love marketing. Maybe I want to go be a marketing major and one day go work for Spotco or Sereno in the Broadway space. So I think for me, it's telling teachers don't don't necessarily dampen their passion, but maybe help steer them into a different direction within our industry because you never know what you're going to spark within a within a student. And I think that's the biggest thing that we're trying to kind of get across. I think from uh, when I was at Playbill and teaching, I would teach workshops on how to create a Playbuilder and sell ads like we do at Playbill. Mm -hmm. um, and then how to create these marketing moments for your students, how to create a marketing uh um, committee within your school, within your theater program. And I think we also, I have the, the Growing Up Broadway podcast with Tim McDonald and I Theatrics. And we just try and say that our podcast is for those that love theater and those that are young at heart and, and want to learn more from us within the industry. We have people who are performers. We have people who are creators. We have people who are you know, leaders in the industry, like a Tom Schumacher to talk about how he got to where he is. Yeah. So I think it's, it, I think it's trying to really tell students, you don't always have to be a performer to be within the Broadway space. You've been listening to Entertainment X, the podcast. You can follow Entertainment X on Instagram at underscore Entertainment X underscore. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join Clay next week for another Curiosity Conversation on Entertainment X. Thank you for listening.